This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So welcome to the School of Word and Worship. For those that don't know me, uh, my name's Pastor Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at Living Faith. And I'm glad you're here. I know after a long day of working, you come out on a Wednesday night to support. And thank you for coming out, taking time out of your schedule. So this two months ago in July, Pastor Kathy, um, Lord put on our heart to start talking about faith. And it was an unhindered trust. So over these past two months, we've been talking about that. In the last two weeks, Rafa has shared. And he was talking about saying yes to, your, to possibilities, you know, seeing God in everything. And it's great teaching. I definitely see growth in Rafa. So he's talking about say yes to the possibilities. And last week he was talking about Luke, how Luke was narrating, being led by the Spirit about <clears throat> um, the name that slipped my mind now. Zacharias and Elizabeth. He was sharing about that. It was good teaching. I encourage you, if you haven't listened to the last two weeks, go back and listen to those two messages. They encourage you. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time tonight. I'm just going to share what's on my heart, what the Holy Spirit has given me. And I, Someone always told me, get up, say what you got to say, and sit down. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up, say what i got to say, and then I'm going to sit down. Um, <clears throat> so before I start, I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you've already, you're already here. You're already ministering to hearts. And I just thank you that you're going to continue to minister to hearts as his word comes forth, your word. As you said, if I open my mouth, you'll feel it. And these are your words to your people. And I thank you that your people's ears are anointed to hear and that they have a heart to receive. And I thank you that this word falls on good ground. And I thank you that your people are not only hearers of the word, but they are doers of the word. That they do the word. They live it out. They don't, don't just speak it, but they be about it. And I thank you for the encouragement of this word tonight. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start by reading something that <clears throat> I came across as I was preparing. And it'll tie into what I'm going to share tonight. And it's called A Word to the Weary. A Word to the Weary. And it says, although it took place in the 1930s, it remains one of the most mystifying missing person cases in the FBI files. After spending an evening eating out with friends, 
a 45-year-old New York judge hailed a taxi and was never seen or heard from again. The FBI immediately became involved. They suspected a kidnapping by someone who held a judicial grudge against him. But that didn't seem to pan out. They then suspected mafia activity because he was an outspoken enemy of the mafia. But again, that led nowhere. To this day, there is only one clue that remains. When his wife returned to their apartment that evening, her husband disappeared. And there on the table was a check for a large sum of money made out to her and a note attached to it in her husband's handwriting, which simply said, I am very, very tired. Love, Joe. The question remains, were those words merely a comment made at the end of a particular trying day? Or was this note saying, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I'm weary, I give up? To this day, we cannot be sure. For lack of further evidence, it is presently believed he rode off in a taxi cab to an unknown destination where he took his life because weariness had weighed his soul. I think of all of us from time to time can relate to that kind of weariness. I'm not speaking of physical fatigue, the kind of fatigue you feel after mowing the lawn or playing a set of tennis. No, I'm speaking of the weariness which comes from life itself. If you are the uh, average weight and height, here's what you will go through in an average 24-hour period. Now listen to this. Your heart will beat 103,689 times. Your blood will travel 169 million miles as your heart pumps approximately four ounces per beat. You will breathe 23,040 times, inhaling 438 cubic feet of air. Your stomach will take in three and a half pounds of food and 2.9 quarts of, of liquid. You will lose seven-eighths of a pound of waste. If you are a man, you will speak 4,800 words. And if you are a woman, you will speak close to 7,000 words. You will move 750 muscles and exercise 7 million brain cells. No wonder we're tired. But there is a weariness much more draining than physical fatigue. It's the kind of weariness you feel when you just don't know if you can go on another day. It's the weariness a father feels when his child is doing wrong. The weariness a friend feels who has been abandoned or misunderstood. The weariness a wife feels whose husband has rejected her. It's the weariness that can take a toll on even the most seemingly successful individual, even on a successful judge. So why did I read this? A word to the weary. I read that because we all face tribulations, as the Bible says. We all go through things. No matter our race, our sex, our gender, our background, it doesn't matter. We all face things. But how do we handle that situation 
as we're going through it? Who do we run to? Who do we look to? And so the title of my message tonight is called The Flavor of Faith is Rest. The Flavor of Faith is Rest. So I want to talk about rest. Over these last two months, you know, we've been talking about faith. And our faith should be increasing. Our faith should be rising. It shouldn't stay stagnant. It should be increasing. After hearing these messages, being under these teachings. So rest is defined in the Bible as peace, ease, or refreshment. So I want to Go to Matthew. We're going to go through a few scriptures. We're going to go to Matthew 11. We're going to go to Mark 6. We're going to go to Mark 4, Exodus 33, and then we're going to finish on Isaiah 40. So we're going to start here in Matthew 11:28. Familiar passage of scripture. And again, the flavor of faith is rest. We're talking about rest tonight. And here in this 11th chapter, Jesus is talking to his followers, to these to individuals now. Before he was talking to Israel, now he's talking to individuals. And he's telling them, because there's so much going on in the individual's life, trying to live up to the Pharisees' rules and regulations, so to speak. Jesus is coming on the scene and he's telling them, Jesus gives a true rest. He's telling them, he said in verse 28, it says, come to me. He said, come. He didn't say a particular person. He didn't say a particular group. He didn't say a particular um, sex. He said, come. That's everyone, come. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So he wants them to learn his word. He wants them to learn his direction. He wants to learn, wants them to learn about the kingdom. Before they was learning everything about the Pharisees, what the Pharisees had to say. But now he wants them to come to them. He's calling these individuals. He's saying, come all. He didn't say a specific group. He said, come all. Because he wants to, to teach them about his ways. And he said, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Life without trust is a life in turmoil. Life without trust is a life in turmoil. So Jesus is saying, come, I want to teach you. Before he was talking to a nation, now he's talking to us individuals. Come, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, I want to teach you. I want to teach you. I want you to learn from me. Learn my ways. Learn when you face 
opposition. Learn when you face trials and tribulations. Who do you run to? Who do you go to? I want to teach you. He wants to teach them how to rest, not to be in doubt, not to be in fear, not to be in worry, not to be anxious, but to rest. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. A lot of times we don't, we face situation, we face opposition, we try to take care of it on our own. We think we can handle it. I've been there. And every time I messed it up. But when I learned to slow down and acknowledge him, then things begin to pan out. I remember in 2010, I think it is, my wife and I, I had got orders, and I was getting ready to move to Texas, to Houston, Texas. And we had put our house up for sale. At the time, we was living in Triangle, Virginia, down by Quantico. And I put my house up for sale. My wife had already started looking at schools for the kids. And uh, so we was preparing to make the transition. But I just, something didn't sit right. I, I felt like we weren't supposed to leave. But I was doing everything I knew to do in the natural. But I was still trusting. You know, when you move, there can be a lot of stress. There can be a lot of anxiety. It's a transition. It's a big move. But I began to seek the Lord and I began to wait on him. And as I was slowing down, as I was waiting on him, my orders got changed. Didn't have to sell the house. We stayed there. But God began to work things out for us. I prayed. I rested. I could have gotten, I could have got worried. I could have got stressed out. But I slowed down. I waited on him. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I encourage you, rest in the Lord. He says to be still and know that I am God. Just be still. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, rest in him. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Remind him. All right, let's go over to Mark 6. Mark 6, 31. But I'm going to start, I think, at verse 30. I'm going to go from 30 to 32. And further along in this particular section, this is talking about feeding the 5,000. But we're not going to go down past it. We're just going to go over these three verses here. So Mark 30, Mark 6, chapter 30, it says... Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. So I'm going to stop here. And he's, here it says he, they told him all things. A couple of verses before, Jesus had sent the disciples out two by two. He told them to take nothing for the journey. 
Just go. Trusting in me that I will provide for you. Whatever you need, I will provide. And so they was trusting in that word that they were going to go and not take anything with them. But what they had done and what they had taught. Verse 31, it says, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves. This is in red in my Bible. So Jesus is speaking here. He said, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. And that's how life can be sometimes. We can be so busy, so caught up in things that's going on in the world, so caught up in our situation, so caught up in circumstances that we forget to even eat. We forget to do the small things because we're so busy trying to do everything else. We can lose focus. But when we slow down, Jesus told his disciples to come and and rest. Even Jesus rested. He said that in the mornings that he went to a solitary place to pray. He even had to get away to pray. He went to a solitary place. Over this past weekend, me and a couple of the gentlemen went down to um, Woodstock, Woodstock, Virginia. And as we was down there in Woodstock, Virginia, we went to uh, Shenandoah Valley. We did a hike. And as we're hiking, three of us, we went up to the top of this, the mountain. We was looking over the, the Blue Ridge. I mean, it was beautiful. And we're sitting up here on the top of this mountain, looking down, looking over and looking at everything. And it was peaceful and it was quiet. There was no distractions. There was no hustle and bust. But you can just sense just the, the peace, the calm. It was just rest. And so we sat there for about 10 minutes because we had other people with us. But it was just that, that quietness, just that stillness, just being still. And just not even focusing on what's going on back home and what's going on at work, what's going on with the kids. It was just my mind was just just. Free. It was free. Sometimes we have to just get away. Take time. Slow down. And so in verse 32, it says, So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. So like I said, the disciples, they came back from ministering and teaching. But Jesus knew that they needed to rest. I just want to encourage you tonight, church, if you don't hear anything else I say. If you don't hear anything else I say. Slow down and rest in him. Slow down and rest in him. I wrote down here, to trust means to rest. And to rest means to trust. So you can't trust without Resting, you can't 
rests without trusting. Trust Him. Whatever it is, rest in Him. What situation are you facing right now? What situation are you dealing with right now that has your attention, has your focus? It can be kind of heavy on your heart. Why dwell on it? The Bible says, do not worry. Trust in it. Rest. Rest in it. Psalms 121.4 says, I feel to go here. It says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. That means you have 24 access, 24 hour access. 24-hour access, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever your situation looks like, you have 24-7 to go to the Father, to bring that situation to him, to bring that circumstance to him. The Bible says he nor slumbers nor sleep. He's always awake. He's always watching. He's with us. All we have to do is just acknowledge him. The Bible says if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct our path. A lot of times we don't acknowledge him. We try to figure it out on our own. So I just encourage us to acknowledge him. When you acknowledge him, he'll direct your path and it'll be peaceful. It'll be rest. First Peter 5, 7 says that casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. For he cares for you. When we walk by faith, we're putting all that care on, over on him. It's on his shoulders. We're not caring that because we're trusting in him. Relying on him. He's our source. He's our provider. He's our deliverer. Whatever we need is in that name. The Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie, neither son of man to have to repent. If he said it, it'll come to pass. We can stand on that word. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, his word will remain. It'll stand forever. We just have to believe that and we have to stand on it. Once we have word for it, we rest. What does the word say about your situation? What does the word say about your current situation that you're facing? Do you have scripture for it? What's the scripture say? Whatever that situation is that you're facing, whatever the word says, remind the Lord of that word and stand on that word 
And as you stand on that word, then you rest. You just remind him, Lord, you said this in your word, and now I'm going to rest in it because I know your word is true and I know that it will come to pass. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. The word of God stands forever. That means it cannot fail. It cannot fail. Stands forever. Trust him. Trust that word. Walk it out. Until you see it come to pass, keep walking by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Lord told me something in January of 2020. I have yet to see it come to pass, but I'm still walking. I'm still believing by faith. Lord, you said this, and I'm standing on your word till I see it come to pass. You have to stand on the word. It might not come tomorrow. It might not come next month. It might not come next year. But as long as you stand on the word of God, it will come to pass. Do not waver. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. All right, let's go to Mark 4, 35 through 38. Again, it's another familiar passage of Scripture. In chapter 4, Jesus is speaking about all the parables. He's talking about the parable of the sower, the, uh, the parable of the growing seed. He's talking about the par- parable of the mustard seed. And then in verse 35 of chapter 4, and it reads, On the same day, this is the same day that he was teaching about all these parables. When evening had come, he said to them, again, this is in red, so Jesus is speaking. Let us cross over to the other side. He said, let us cross over to the other side. In verse 36, it says, now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, you can picture the chaos going on here. They're in this boat. They're traveling. Windstorm's coming. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is at the stern of the boat, which is the rear of the boat. The front of the boat is the bow. But Jesus is at the the rear of the boat, and this water is pouring in. And can you just imagine the chaos, the, the anxiety, the worry, the doubt that's coming in on these disciples? middle of the ocean thinking about they're going to be they're not going to make it but Jesus told them before they took off before the journey he said let us there's been times in my life when the Lord has given me a word and sometimes doubt can creep in. 
because I haven't seen it come to pass and I can, doubt can come in. But I have to remind myself, what did the word say? It's like here, Jesus told us I was going to cross over to the other side. But doubt and worry and fear, it crept in. Verse 38, it says, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then it says in verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. In verse 40, it says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Then I wrote here, we cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. We cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. He was telling them, why did you doubt? Why are you fearful? Don't you know who's in the boat? Do you not know who I am? Have you not been with me this long and you've seen me? You heard my teachings? You've seen miracles, signs, and wonders perform? And that's how life can be for us, including me. I know what the word says. I know who's on the inside of me. But life happens. And we can get fearful. And we can allow doubt to creep in. But again, we just have to remind ourselves. If God can be for us, who can be against us? He's with us. He's with us. So we just have to trust and we just rest. The flavor of faith is rest. We rest in it. Whatever it looks like, I'm going to stand on his word until I see it come to pass. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how I feel, I'm going to trust. I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest in him. Thank you, Lord. There's a song we sing called A Good, Good Father. And just like in the natural, how I have two kids and they know if they come to me, the dad's going to provide. The dad's going to take care of them. And that's how our Heavenly Father is. He, it's all about relationship. He wants relationship. He wants to be in every situation. He wants to be in every thought. He wants to be in every decision.
when we run to him, when we go to him, he wants to help us. He's there. He sent the helper, the comforter, to lead, direct, and guide us. Just like I want to provide for my kids, he wants to provide for us. Just trust him. Rest. Father, you got this. I don't know how I'm going to handle this situation. My rent is due. My car payment is due. I, I need money for this. I'm looking to purchase a home or my marriage is on the rocks. I'm having issues with my kids. I'm dealing with an unruly boss. Geared to be laid off. I need a place to stay. All those things can cause stress. But if we give it over to him and we trust him, Lord, you are the potter and we are the clay. So Lord, whatever you created, you provide for. Whatever he created, he provides for. He created us in his image, in his likeness. I tell people I'm just like my father. My heavenly father, I'm just like him. I make mistakes, yes, I make mistakes. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. When I miss it, I know how to get on my knees. Father, I missed it. I messed up in this area. Forgive me for what I said to that coworker today. Forgive me how I treated my wife today. Forgive me for the words I said to my kids today. It's about going to him and just, he, he already knows. He already knows. We just, just telling him, just getting it out, getting it out there. Then once you get out there, just rest. All right, you got it. I trust you. I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to rest in you. I remember when uh, my wife and I, we bought our, our current home we're in right now. This was in 2016. So we was looking and because uh, we was wanting to move before our daughter went to um, middle school because the school that we were zoned for, there was a lot of, it was in a bad area and cops and everything was already, is always over there in that area. And so we didn't want our daughter going to that, that school. And so I started looking for, uh, for houses and I came across this house and uh I just began to pray about it and stuff, and one day at night, the Lord gave me a, a vision, and it was this house. And I told my wife the next day, I was like, babe, the Lord, I showed her, I was like, babe, the Lord wants us to have this house. And her first thing is, I don't want to live in Manassas. <laughs> her first thought was, I don't want to live in Manassas. I'm like, babe, we can just go look at it. And see, you know, if you like it, we can, you know, move forward. If not, then, you know, we'll just 
continue to look and be led. And so we contact, she contacted her realtor who we used before. And she told her that the house already had an offer on it. And, um, and that was it. She said it's got an offer and there was a contingency on, on the offer. And she was pretty much saying that, you know, she didn't want to deal with it. And she was telling her, okay, that's it. But I just felt that, no, I'm not stopping there. I just, the Lord showed me that this is the house he wants us to have. And so I'm going to pursue it until he tells me otherwise. And so I went online and I did some research, some further research, and I pulled up the house. And just all of a sudden, this it had three realtors at the bottom. And I was looking at the stars and I was looking at the reviews. And I called this one lady. And, uh, and I was telling her about the house. And I was telling her that it's got a contract on it, but it's under a contingency. She's like, all right, let me do some research and I'll call you back. And she called me back. And she's like, I can show you guys the house on, uh, this weekend. And she showed us the house that weekend. And she said, we can put her offer on the house um, and see what happens. So we put our offer on the house. A couple of days go by. Uh, we hadn't, hadn't heard anything. And then I think about a week, she called us and said that that contract that was on that house, it fell through. And she said that they have looked at your offer. And not only did they look at our offer, but they accepted our offer. And we got the, we got the, the house at a really good deal. But if I would have stopped... When my wife said that the realtor told her that it already had an offer, it was under contingency. But if I would have stopped, who knows what else would have happened? Sure, God would have opened another door, but I knew that there was a door I was supposed to walk to in that time, in that season. I trusted. Even when other people or other circumstances are pulling me in a different direction, saying that, hey, no, that's already done. That's over. Let's move forward. That's why we have a witness. We have to have discernment. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Even though he might be saying something else to my wife, what is he saying to me? I'm standing on what he told me. He didn't give it to my wife. He gave it to me. So I was standing on what he told me. And he's a man of his word. And so we're still in that house today, and we're in Manassas. <laughs> we're in Manassas. So the moral of that story is just trust. When you get something from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, don't be so quick to when other people come and tell you things, or it's not going to, no, don't do that, or, or let's move forward, or, or don't get involved with that. Just rest. If he told you something, stand on the word until you see it come to pass. If he told you, then he's a man of his word. It'll come to pass. It might not come to pass at that moment or next year or next month, but stand on it until you see it come to pass. He's faithful to his word. And to give you scripture for that is Numbers 23:19. It says, God is not a man that he shall lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and will he not do it? 
Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Stand on his word. It says right there, he will not lie. He's faithful to his word. As long as you stand on, long as you stand on his word, not your word, but his word. A lot of times we try to bring our word into prayer. We try to bring our word into the situation. But note, what did he say to you specifically? You stand on the word. So I'm going to end on this scripture. Um, Isaiah 40, verse 31. And this chapter is talking about God's uh, people are comforted. And it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So as I was doing research on this, and I came across this about an eagle. I'm beginning to be fascinated by an eagle now. So I'm going to read this to you. It says, the e- I wrote here, the eagle is a strange bird. The eagle is the only bird in the bird kingdom who watches for storms. Now listen to this. Every other bird scatters when the storm is coming. The eagle is the only bird that flies towards the storm. Why do eagles fly into the storms? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. It says, the eagles have a little bone in their wings called a a pinion. It says, the eagle only uses the pinion when it wants to rest. The eagle looks at the storm and says, it's time to rest. He flies towards the storm, into the storm, and he locks his wings And the wind of the storm lifts him high above the storm, and he uses the storm to rest. So that little bone in the eagle's wing is called a pinion. And it says that he runs, he flies towards the storm, and as he gets in that storm, he locks his wings. And it lifts him high above the storm, and he gets up there and he just rests. And that's how we have to be, church. We ha- whatever storm we're facing, whatever situation we're facing, we stand on his word, and then we just rest. We stand on his word and we rest. And my encouragement to you is to use your storm to rest. Just like the eagle, when he flies into the storm, he uses that to rest. So my encouragement to you is, whatever storm you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, life, whatever his word tells you, whatever it says, remind him of it, and then stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So whatever word he's spoken to you, whatever word that you're standing on in this season, remind him of the word. Remind him of what he's spoken to you. Don't get your eyes on the storms. Don't get your eyes on your circumstance. But what has he said? What has he told you in your quiet time? What has he told you in your secret place? What word has he spoken to you that you're standing on this year that you have yet to see come to pass? Even though it looked like it's not going to come to pass, I encourage you to rest in him. Use your storm to rest. Use that storm to remind him of what his word says. No, Lord, you told me this. Just like he told me about the house. Nope, I'm not listening to the outside noise, but Lord, I'm standing on your word because I know what you told me. I know what you showed me. And I'm going to stand on that word. We all can revert back to what he's done in our lives. The answered prayer. He'll do it again. You have to trust him. Rest in him. Rest in him. He wants access. Give him access in that in that situation. Give him access in that circumstance. And as you give him access, you trust. And as you're trusting, then you rest. Just like the eagle, as it flies high above the storm, it rests. I wrote here words won't work without faith any more than faith will work without words it takes them both to put the law of faith in motions takes them both Again, the title of my message was The Flavor of Faith is Rest. Before I started, I said I mentioned about slowing down. Whatever it looks like, whatever you're facing, I encourage you to slow down. 
and then acknowledge him. So 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. It's in him. There's scripture for it. It's in him. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your, for who you are. Just thank you for relationship. Thank you, Father, for relationship. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for us. Willingly. We thank you. We just take time to say thank you. If nothing else, thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I, it's your breath in my lungs that I get to say thank you. I get to praise you. And Father, I just put on a garment of praise for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you that I get to rest in your promise. I get to rest in you because of who you are in my life. I don't come to you to get something from you, but I come to you because I love you because of who you are. Church, I don't have a problem thing because I know where I was. I know where I came from. I have a story to tell. I know where I was. I know where I've been. I know what he's brought me out of. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me to, to praise him, to worship him, to glorify him. If I'm going to live radical for the world, I'm going to be radical for him. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I'm going to praise my father. I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to give him praise. Because it was nobody with me in that jail cell when I was there all alone. It was nobody there I could call on. It was nobody there to lift me up. It was nobody there to rescue me. Only because of God himself. He rescued me. And that was 24 years ago, and I haven't looked back. Have I made mistakes? Yes, I made mistakes. I'm not perfect. But his faithfulness, the song we just read, his faithfulness. When I was living wild, when I was living reckless, he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. It was his faithfulness. Church, he knows where you're at. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're dealing with. 
Just like the song, he's faithful. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. He didn't say some. He didn't say a few. He said all. I better sit down because I'll continue to go because I'm, I'm getting stirred. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for just ministering to every heart tonight. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You said all it takes is just two people to gather in your name and you, you're there. You always show up. It's a promise. And I thank for every person that's gathered here. And I thank you for ministering to every heart. And I thank it as they rest in you. They rest in your word. They rest in your promises. As they remind you of the word that you've spoken to them. The word that they're standing on. Give them revelation knowledge. Show them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Help them to always acknowledge you. Because when we do that, it works out for our good. And I just thank you that this word, that it rests on every heart. And I thank you for the fruit that's going to come forth. Thank you for the fruit. And I thank you that this word will not fall to the ground. But this world will prosper in every heart. I thank it as we leave this place that you're watching over them. Protecting them as they go to and fro. Bring them to their destination safe and sound. I say they're blessed people, peculiar people, prosperous people. She's working. I sense it. I sense it. We'll give you glory and give you praise. In Jesus' name, thank you for your faithfulness.